0: friends and very loyal listeners to the hostile environment podcast i am back from my one week hiatus my entire family made it home safely so that's great news right so uh yeah after a week off from work and a week off for being stuck in the house because there's not a lot to do nowadays and a week off from podcasting i feel renewed And um, I feel recharged and I'm ready to to give you guys a great show today, which may or may not go a little longer than usual because I actually have a lot to give you guys. But we will see. Maybe I'm full of shit. Maybe it'll be the exact same time as usual. I don't know. I'm just going through my head. I know there's a lot to talk about. So I guess only time will tell. Um, This is episode number 43, which by my math and my simpleton brain means after today we only have six episodes left before it's number 50 and uh, I gotta admit I'm running into a few roadblocks concerning my ideas for a big show at number 50 so at this point I was thinking maybe of reaching out to you guys for an idea or a suggestion anything um, anything that you would like to hear or anything you know that you'd possibly like me to do to kind of um, you know, co- commemorate this historic event. Um, you know, let me know on any of my social media platforms. No idea is too crazy. I'll respond to you and anything you suggest, and I will let you know if it's a good idea or maybe even if it's humanly possible, depending on how far you're going to go. I don't know. But either way, let's talk and let's start get the ball rolling. And if my ideas don't pan out, maybe I can steal one of yours and claim it as mine. So I will do that also. Um, keep in mind, some of my ideas are not just—they're they're not totally dead yet either. It just might take some fine tuning and maybe a little bit of luck. And uh, I don't know—we'll see. Either way, I'm going to work extremely hard to bring you guys something special for number fifty. I promise. And because it is the 50th episode, it will also be somewhat of a landmark episode because it will be the last episode of season number two. So if you guys uh, are up to date and you've listened to every episode, at the end of se- uh, episode number 25, remember it was kind of like the, s- the end of season one going into season two, and nothing really changed all that much. It was more or less just uh, a way for me to break down some stuff and uh, on a website and just you know, stuff like that, so it wasn't really a big deal, Um, but in in this case, that won't be the same moving forward, because after season number two has been completed, season number three will have at least one really big change, and that will be that the show will no longer be on twice a week. I will be going to a a once-a-week format, and um, I'm doing this for many reasons. I'm going to be completely transparent with you guys. Uh, the first reason is just from a financial standpoint. Uh, so I know lately I've been bragging that I'm getting sponsors, and I am, uh, and I am making money. But it's not enough to pay for the podcast distribution network that I have to pay for every month, and then I also have to continue to pour money into the show. Right? I mean, that's that's kind of that's kind of the way it goes. For every dollar that I make. I want to pour the money back into the show, whether it be merch or uh, maybe a better sound system or maybe a second microphone so I can actually have people come over and do the podcast with me. Um, you know, there's all kinds of other things that go into this that you guys don't know about, obviously, because you're not podcasters. And let's face it, I'm barely a podcaster, but I guess I am officially so. Um, if I'm going to get bigger and if I'm going to get better, uh, I have to use the money that I make and use it wisely. Uh, like, like, like I promised you guys after the first paid spos- sponsorship that I had, I I promised you that I would invest it back in the show, and I did that by purchasing hostile environment bumper stickers to send out, you know, to you guys, in the hopes of, you know, obviously promotion, self promotion, and to get you guys a little more active on social media, right? So, you know, if I say something like, um, for instance, right now I've got a thing up there where if you can prove that you downloaded one of my sponsors podcast, I'll send you out a sticker and then maybe someone will send out a screenshot of them and then someone else will do it. And then they'll start talking and then we can get something going. It doesn't seem to be working that way. I don't know why. Um, uh, Maybe it's just Facebook because it's working other places, but um, anyways, those stickers, they weren't cheap. Uh, It was uh, like I said, like I'm pouring money back into the show, but those stickers, it was $150 for those fucking stickers. So when I do give them away, it has to be for a purpose, you know. I, I can't be going around to the local mall and sticking them under people's windshields like I see these people with their Jesus flyers doing, and I can't be handing them out outside the local Starbucks. I mean, I, I'd love to; be, it, it would work. Definitely, it would work if you hand out enough shit. Eventually, you start to catch fire. I get that, but financially, that would break me. I'd be crippled, right? Because I can't, you know, one hundred and fifty dollars for I don't even know how, how many stickers. I think like eighty stickers. That's it's quite a bit of dough, right? Um, so, you know, and another thing was, I, I don't know if I could actually handle going to a mall and handing shit out like that, and then seeing people fucking fire them on the ground, or, or going to the parking lot when I'm going home and see all these fucking hostile environment stickers all over the ground, because it would break me that I paid for those, and it would also break my heart, and my heart is is huge, so, <laughs> um, anyways, but it it, 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 I have other ideas in my sexy head, but unfortunately... They all cost money, and because I don't have a personal accountant and I'm not good with the mathematics, <laughs> um, I have to be as financially responsible as possible, at least for the time being. Uh, so that's the first reason. Another reason I'm going down to one show a week is just strictly time management. Um, it, uh, obviously, I, you know, I started this in March of last year, or, or sorry, of this year. Um, so I started this little venture. What are we going on? Was it March, April, May? Like four months, give or take, right? And so when I started this, uh, it was at a time when nothing was open, so I had more than enough time to like you know sit down and write shit out and format and, and and just overall think of things that I had that I had in my brain and jot those all down, and then I had time to record, you know. And then not to mention, like I had to actually learn how to do this in the first place. Like I'll be totally honest with you guys. I am far from a technological guy, so learning how to download these programs, syncing them all together, setting up the equipment, learning how to export my recording uh, to another platform, and and the big one was learning how to edit the show. Uh, that was not easy, especially when you're incorporating ads into the show, like I am now. Um, you know, there's only so much YouTube can teach you. The problem I ran into with YouTube is. If I had, if I ran into a a, a wall, if I, if I if I didn't know how to do something, I didn't I don't have the language to write it into YouTube and press search. Like, um, for instance, there's, if I'm having an audio issue, I know I'm having an audio issue, but I can't describe it to YouTube. I can only put in some keywords and hopefully it comes up. Otherwise, I have to watch six, seven, eight videos and hopefully they touch on it. So I ran into that problem. You know, it's no big deal, but it's it's all time consuming, right? And and shit like this, I mean, it, it all took quite a bit of time to master. And, you know, spoiler alert, I still haven't mastered it yet. So, um, you know, if you guys have been, me, been with me since day one of the pod, or you're just up to date, you know, by listening to all the past episodes, and you, here you are now, you'll remember that, you know, my first few shows, my intro and outro songs sounded like they were coming out of a tin can. Well, they were. Uh, Pretty much. uh, They were awful. And that's because I was literally playing the songs off of my phone that I was technically stealing, by the way, between you and me. Um, And I I was holding my phone up to the microphone and playing it and then pressing pause and starting the podcast. And I knew how it sounded. I knew it sounded like shit. And I knew I couldn't keep being so low-budget and ghetto. So slowly I had to start learning how to incorporate uh, a personalized intro and outro that my dad helped me helped me make into this, um, you know, helped me make this, the songs. And then we had to learn how I had to learn how to put it and, into the audio editing program and then add it to the podcast, right? So, you know, long story short, um, I had the time to learn, I had the time to adapt. But now, as of, you know, what are we open, up? Three weeks since we got into stage three, I've, I've, uh, I've quickly come to realize that since we've reopened from this COVID lockdown that between me working full time and driving my little one around to her friend's houses and picking her up and dropping her off at CrossFit and doing all the grocery shopping, taking my dogs out for walks and stuff, and then um, I do uh, a good portion of the cooking because my wife works 12-hour shifts and she works uh, some long weeks, so I'll I'll do a bunch of cooking for the week for the kids to eat so that... You know, if neither one of us are home, they can just open up a Tupperware container and grab some real food and not, you know, craft dinner or white trash pork and beans and shit like that. So, um, and just spending time with my family as well, you know, is, is, is something I enjoy doing. Even if it's just watching a movie together or, you know, maybe just going out for uh, an appetizer. I, I enjoy doing that shit with my with my ladies, right? So um, it's all very time consuming. Um, and, and just, you know, because just as far as work goes, um, and that, that's the big chunk that's killing me here is, um, I, I have to be up at five ten every morning, you know, five days a week. Um, I've recently come to learn that I am no longer young enough to go to work on five hours sleep. Uh, I really can't function. <laughs> uh, you know, I have trouble thinking, you know, I can, I, am only a one coffee a day kind of guy because if I drink more than one coffee, I feel like I can throw a car over like the fucking Hulk. So um I, I only have one a day and then after that it's got to be all me and um the job that i do i kind of need to be on the ball sometimes so anyways uh, basically what i'm trying to say is to feel even remotely useful at work i need to be in bed by like 10 o'clock with the hopes of passing out by 10:30. and i'm a night shower guy too so i'm usually in the shower you know 20 to 10 dry off brush my teeth use a q-tip lay down and then hopefully pass out, air dry by 10.30 and then hopefully I'm out, right? That's kind of my routine. Uh, And the final reason I'm going down to one show a week is probably maybe, yeah, probably the most important reason I would say, and that is just overall human mental burnout. Um, I found out very quickly that trying to give you guys two amazing shows a week was getting more and more difficult because if there wasn't a lot going on in the world, you know, from my headline segments, obviously, where I give you guys some stuff to laugh at, which is the whole reason I started this. Um, so if there wasn't much going on or, you know, Florida men didn't do some shit for a whole week, which is unbelievable, but it actually happens or whatever. Then I would have to go into my secret story stash bag and give you guys some of my tone tales or just my crazy, you know, my story, or crazy stories, which is fine. I mean, I, I do get the most fan re- interaction and reaction from episodes like, um, uh, you know, Follow the Shoe Train or or Killing Mr. Nestle and Hooker Donut Shop and things like that. Um, But if I keep doing that, I won't make it to even 100 episodes. I'll be out of material and then I'll have to, you know, more than likely change my platform of the show if I choose to continue, that is, which who knows, I mean... You know, this wasn't supposed to be another job. It was supposed to be just something I could do to kill time and and entertain some people, but it's kind of metamorphosized since I started, right? With making money and, you know, being responsible and contacting companies and stuff like this, which I never thought would happen, but here I am. And I realize at some point I'm going to have to change my platform if I keep going. It's unavoidable because no matter what, at some point I'm going to run out of these stories. But at least going down to one show a week will prolong that decision. And also, kind of give me the opportunity to either expand, or at the very least, come up with something new and exciting for you guys that I can, that, something I can provide that's different than what everyone else is doing. Because other than my stories and, and some of the funny shit that I provide, I'm not all that different from every other podcast. Um, except that I'm brutally honest. I don't know if a lot of podcasts can say that, but you know, here I am, and here we are, right? So. You know, this this wasn't an easy decision to come to, but I was starting to feel a little stressed out and pressured to give you guys two amazing shows a week. And I had to eventually sit back and contemplate if if this was a change that actually needed to happen. So what I did was um, I reached out to a fellow podcaster who I met a long, a long time ago, um, and he was actually trying to get me to start podcasting before this. Um, he's far more experienced and successful than I am and while we were talking he, he paused at one moment we paused together and and he told me that once doing your show becomes more of a chore than fun, the quality of your content will begin to suffer and that really stuck with me and I was like, wow, that is that's exactly what I was feeling So you know if I'm being stressed and I'm being pressured because I have to have a show out by Monday night at at uh, you know uh, six o'clock p.m. and I don't really have anything. I've got to start drawing from wherever I can, which is good. But eventually, there's only so much improv I can do before you guys start to notice. I, and and I know that because it's kind of the way I've lived my life as far as you know job interviews and shit like that. You know, I would never study for, for tests. I would never study for job interviews. And I could go in there and and one belt that I've always had. you know, like a title belt that I've always had is every single job interview that I ever had, I've gotten that job. If I didn't get the job interview, I didn't get the job. But if I wasn't sitting in front of you, um, and we, and, and we were going back and forth, tit for tat, I got the job every single time. And let me tell you guys, I have had a shitload of jobs. And I will get into that in another episode. So that, like I said, that's the material that I'm not going to pull from today. But there's shit like that that I have, right? Um, I have a gift. Um, it's one of my very few gifts that I have. And it's, it's kind of a combination of reading people and being able to think on the fly. I'm very quick on the fly. Um, sometimes uh, I'm so quick on the fly that my words stumble over each other. So I'll say words out of order so it's it's kind of like being dyslexic but i don't think i am dyslexic i don't i hope i'm not dyslexic you would think at 42 years old i would know by now right but that is one of my many gifts so that's why when i brought up to my friend a while back when he was making money doing this little venture he said dude that you were made for this shit like this is all you and i said yeah you know but you know it's time consuming and you know you got to do all this but at the same time at 42 i really don't have any other hobbies uh, i'm not in a softball league. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not in a book club, um, you know, for the year and a half, we couldn't go to the gym, so I wasn't doing that anymore, hence why I've gained all this weight, um, you know, and I stopped sitting in front of the fucking TV and binge watching, you know, whole scenes of Netflix, and, well, movies, Netflix, whatever you want to call it, Uh, you know, I I have this great gift of being able to sit down on a couch for seven hours and just smash TV shows or movies, and... You know, I stopped doing that because I actually enjoyed, once I found this, once I found how much I enjoyed doing this, it kind of took over. And once I actually started progressing and, and getting contacts and meeting people, it was like, wow, it just it took off like a goddamn rocket. And it's a rocket I'm very happy to be on, right? But um, I never felt like this was a chore, so I don't, I don't want to say that. Um, so it was never a chore for me to pound out two episodes a week, but it was becoming a stress, right? And and the last thing I wanted to do was start filling my airtime with just you know, random, you know, fuck conversation that really isn't all that entertaining. And I'm just doing it so I can get past that 30 minute mark and then I can just put it up and boom, walk away. That's not what I wanted to do. I I was having too much fun um, writing and, and too much fun going through all my memories and jotting them down. Uh, to to just you know bury those and just start filling you guys with just random garbage airtime, and for me the decision was pretty much made. Um, I, I was thinking about this for a couple weeks now, but the actual hard decision actually came to me during my vacation because uh, it, it gave me a chance to decompress, and I didn't feel stressed out at all about finding the time in the day to get off work, rush home, start formatting the show. Figure out what, what my topic was going to be. Get my sponsors incorporated in, along with my my uh, my uh, social media shout-outs and all that stuff. Um, you know, it, 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 so you know, just a little peek behind the curtain, guys. Finding content for segments like headlines from around the world and headlines from your phone that you'll never see on TV. Uh, it, it it isn't easy to. It, it, okay, sorry. Let me take that back. It is easy to do thanks to the old Google machine and Twitter and shit like that. But it's extremely time-consuming like it, it, because when I find the articles, I not only have to just find them and say, yes, this is good quality content, but I also have to either jot it down somewhere because um, obviously if I'm taking stuff off the internet, I can't remember it word for word. Like I can remember my stories. Um, th- those are in my head forever. But shit that I take off the internet, I've either got to jot down or find on the computer and then print them out and highlight it and then, you know, I've got papers in front of me, so I'm reading them, and I'm shuffling them around, I mean, I know it sounds like, you know, oh, you're fucking crying, podcast problems, you know, but I'm just giving you guys a peek behind the curtain on how this goes. Um, So basically, guys, those are the three reasons that that drove me to make the decision, not to mention that going down to once a week will give me um, more time to concentrate on new ideas for the show, because I found that. I was being very creative in between the times when I didn't have to worry about getting you guys content. So say my last show, today is Thursday, I'll have most of today, all of Friday, all of Saturday, all of Sunday to just fuck around on the internet and just have some fun and da-da-da. And I get very creative until Monday and I realize, shit, I got to start getting content and segment um, 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 formatting the segments and shit like that. So I lose some of my ideas. And I also lose a little bit of my creativity because then I start to feel a little stressed. And I feel like uh, I, I, I've never been a fan of timelines. And that's the thing about podcasts is they say that you have to be very willing to be consistent. So if you're Monday to Thursday, 6 p.m., you've got to keep going Monday to Thursday, 6 p.m. No no, no excuses, no nothing. Um, so I figured, you know what, I just... I didn't, so I, I I laid out all the reasons for you. So I'm not going to go over them again, but um, like I said, it's going to give me more ideas. it uh, it'll bring you guys something different than everybody else, and and that's what I was trying to do from day one. And you know, not to mention, it will also give me time to you know promote more on social media. So there's that, right? Because I've heard that so many times from so many people, professional podcasters, you know, jerk off podcasters like myself. That's Social media is such a big deal. Um, I was actually um, just last, a couple days ago, before I left for my holiday, I was in a group chat with several other podcasters on Twitter, um, some more successful than I am, well, actually most more successful than I am, um, and some about the same as me. And one guy told me that in order for him to be successful, uh, he sends out no less than 25 tweets a day to promote his show. Uh, he also sends out a minimum of five Instagram posts. He's very active on Facebook, and he makes at least one TikTok every single day. That is his recipe for success. And judging by his numbers, and he showed me, he showed me his numbers, uh, you know, and his level of sponsorship, by the way, that he receives, it's quite impressive. So his recipe works. Now, uh, that being said, no matter what, there is no fucking way I'm going to do that. Because for me, it is hard enough um, to do what I do now because of my absolute disdain for most forms of social media. And I've been pretty clear with that, with with you guys about that from day one. Actually, you know what? Let me take that back. To be totally honest, that isn't completely true. I actually kind of enjoy Twitter, although it is by far the most negative platform on social media that... Mark Zuckerberg ever created or whoever the fucking been in Twitter or whatever. Um, uh, here, here's a little side story for you to prove my point. Uh, recently I was on Twitter. I want to say it was, let's go Friday. It was last Friday. It was a day I wasn't podcasting and it's, it, it's a day I wasn't up uh, whitewater rafting. So I responded to a tweet uh, by a woman, some just random lady on Twitter, who was advocating. For the homeless encampments that are scattered all over our beautiful parks here in Toronto. So, for my American listeners or people who aren't from North America, period, uh, currently we are having issues with an abundance of homeless people throughout the city, basically just deciding that I'm taking over this camp, or sorry, this uh, park. Um, and they're just setting up their entire camps and tents and shopping carts and everything else that goes with the homeless population. you know. And they're scattering them all over our parks to the point where they are now being forcibly removed by police on orders from the mayor. They were warned to get your shit and get the hell out of the park. They refused to do it. And then all these fucking hippie ad- asshole idiots decided to protest and go down to the parks and hold hands and... We're going to stop the police from forcing these hobos out of their homes, which by the way, the park is not their home, but anyways, so, um, I, I agree with the mayor's decision a thousand percent just because you're homeless does not mean you get to park your tent or your cardboard box, wherever the fuck you want, because, you know, in in your mind, you could somehow justify it you know, because you're angry at society or or whatever the case is, you know, like, oh, I didn't get hired back in 1997 because of the man, so I'm going to sit here and get drunk in front of some kids in a public park and pass out in my own piss. It's not okay. So, I'm sorry, It just, it's not okay. We have, a lot of us have kids, and, you know, I'm, I'm not just talking about the listeners of the podcast, obviously, because, you know, it is what it is, but I'm talking about everybody in Toronto. They have kids. And there's elderly folks who all want to just go out and enjoy our beautiful parks, especially now during COVID when there's nothing else to do. You go out and sit there and watch some fucking pigeons and, and feed the ducks and watch some kids do some, you know, frisbee and shit like that. But, you know, it's, it's the cheapest way to, to take your kids out for the day. There's your park. There's your blanket. There's a picnic basket. I'll see you in four hours. I'm going to get pounded and lay here and get baked in the sun, right? What, what is not appropriate is for these you know you to take your kids to the park so you know they can have a good day and get some sun and have some fun and they see a guy drinking whiskey at 10 in the morning or there's someone passed out in a sleeping bag after too much heroin or there's a, a goddamn fucking hobo campfire where instead of making smores they're all passing on a lysol can and drying their socks over fire on a stick uh, so anyway, I I responded to this tree hugging hippie bullshit woman who probably doesn't shave her legs and recycles her tampons. Um, And I wrote something along the lines of, uh, just because it's labeled by the protesters as peaceful, doesn't mean it's necessarily true. Because in the post that she was talking about, um, and I was responding to, there were a couple of pictures of the police dealing with these protesters and some of the the hobos in, in a physical manner. But what they didn't show were the pictures of the protesters who were throwing bottles and throwing rocks and God knows what else at the police before this altercation even started. When the police just got there and, and were getting their game plan together of what they were going to do, they started getting pelted with bottles and rocks. Uh, and it, They also didn't show, by the way, um, the, the protester who decided to walk up to the police, get in their face because they know the police can't touch them because uh, there's a fucking cell phone every nine feet in the world right now, or the the cops have body cans and the protesters sprayed a couple of cops right in the face with some unknown substance. That was, it was hard. It was harsh enough that it sent them to the emergency room. It sent two cops, to the emergency room. And uh, one guy didn't get it all that bad, but he actually went to the hospital later on. But sure enough, they've got, they've got no pictures of that, but they've got lots of pictures of the police ragdolling, you know, some homeless asshole protesters and um you know oh, oh yeah the, 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 of course those pictures are everywhere right so anyways I, after posting my little mark basically saying you know there's two sides to every story not just the pics you're providing to fit your narrative one guy responded to my post by saying i just downloaded your podcast and it sucks so as you if, if you guys follow me on twitter It's not my name. It's not, you know, a fake name, uh, what do you call it? A bot or whatever you want to call it. It's, it's my, my hostile environment podcast. And that's what I am. So he wrote that. And that was on, I want to say Friday. Uh, now this response was literally, and I mean literally minutes after my post. So there's almost no chance this dude actually downloaded my show. But man, did his little shot at me get 143 likes real quick. Uh, and I'm no social media influencer, but I know that having almost 150 people on a social media platform liking a comment that your podcast sucks is probably the exact opposite of self promotion. Although, you know, on the other hand, I once heard Vince McMahon in an interview, the owner of the WWE, um, he said, any promotion of your product is good promotion, which I necessarily don't really agree with, but then he's a billionaire. So, who the fuck knows, right? I mean, obviously, he's right and I'm wrong in this scenario. And I'm mad enough to admit that. So, there's the power of social media. You know, and, and obviously, it can be used for, for good and, and evil. Or at least Twitter can be anyways. Um, you know, when it, when it comes to Instagram, I generally only see positive things. And, and people trying to make money by selling, you know, Asian-made garbage clothing. And people trying to make money off your hard work. Because whenever I post something on Instagram... And I hashtag podcast. You know, there, you'll see a message nine times out of ten, someone jump on and say, "Oh, promote it on something, something records," which is just some fucking bot that's responding to the word podcast and a hashtag, and that message automatically gets sent out. So, just when I get excited because I think I'm getting some fan interaction, it's some um, jerk off who's you know trying to get me to pour money into his product. So, so long story short, I'm kind of I'm okay with Instagram. A lot of it is just you know like. People showing pictures of their kids and and shit like that. So, you know, Instagram's okay by me. Um, TikTok, I really don't like. I really don't. I most definitely do see the reach it has on the population, though. I know it's very popular. I know it's extremely efficient if you want to get pop, Like, if you want to get noticed, A, a shit ton of people get noticed in TikTok and get fucking movie deals and TV shows and commercials and singing and... I mean, it's, it's the new app, so I get it. I just can't figure out how to use it for me, um, well, for, for the show, right, without selling out and, and, you know, dancing in front of a window, wearing a bikini and a wig with the podcast logo stuck or, you know, put on my pecker. You know, that, that's the only way I can see how it's going to work is if I do something outlandish and, uh, and put it on TikTok... And then hopefully I go viral. But I'm not feeling that vibe. That just isn't me. Um, and as far as Facebook is concerned, I, I fucking hate it. I do. Uh, I'm sorry. It's not going to change. I've, I've tried. I've tried to fucking grow up. I've tried to not be Clint Eastwood, get off my lawn. I just hate it. I actually despise opening the app on my phone because the amount of hot garbage that I see and just the overall horseshit that people just feel the need to post drives me into a murderous fucking rage. If I never see another Facebook post in my life asking if you were stranded on a desert island or, um, what's the one that comes in my timeline? All, oh, um, uh, if a thief breaks into your house and goes to the top of your fridge, what does he find? Like, fuck, are you serious? You have nothing better to do, you fucking loser. Anyway, I I, I, I don't know. I'm actually seriously contemplating deleting Facebook again. I don't know. I, I don't see the purpose. So far, it hasn't really done much for me. And when I talk to these professional podcasters, they never bring up Facebook. They bring up Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. And Patreon, by the way. Which, still, nobody has bought me a coffee. That's depressing. Anyways, uh... So yeah, I really hate Facebook and I'm very well aware that my failure failure to, um, you know, to utilize social media, it might cost me in the end and it could possibly prevent me from growing as a podcast and as a brand, but I just can't spend all day on my phone posting nonsense in the hopes of blowing up thanks to an Instagram post or the right person sees my TikTok or I, I don't know, man. In my opinion, this is why celebrities pay people to do this shit for them. It keeps their brand out there, and they don't have to do any of this bullshit, right? I, I, they're they're fucking at home with their feet up, and they're in bed jerking off, or having, sex, they're having an orgy. They're not worrying about getting their brand out there on social media. They pay a fucking guy to do that, and they probably don't pay him very well, but he does it. Um, yeah, I mean, put it this way. Um, I was thinking about this. Take Paris Hilton, for example. Um, Nobody has heard from this fucking sketchbag millionaire tramp for years. It's been a couple of years since you've even heard her name, basically, unless you were just goofing on her for no reason, right? Until a couple of days ago, uh, this story leaked that Paris Hilton is pregnant, and the internet blew up, and all of a sudden she's trending, because finally somebody put a seed in this little tramp, right? I mean... in my opinion, who really gives a fuck if she brings a little serpent child into this world? But this rumor went viral, and then days later, she and her human mattress of a sister they come out and they said it's all fake. It, it was all just a rumor. Uh, but at the end of their their little statement and their little, um it wasn't really a a, a conference or anything like that. It was more. It was just them talking. But at the very end of them talking, of their little fake press conference, whatever you want to call it, uh, they were very, very... It was very well-timed to uh, put in a plug to make sure that you watch Paris Hilton's new cooking show that's starting next week on Netflix. So you see what they did there, right? Uh, Basically, some douchebag public relations jerk-off that works for Paris Hilton uh, leaked this false story on purpose to get Paris Hilton's name trending and back in the headlines and people talking about her just so that she could be given a platform to deny the story and then plug her garbage show because if she just randomly came out of obscurity which is where she was and you know basically just came out and said yeah like I have this cooking show on Netflix and you should like totally watch it because I'm an idiot and I like food Um, You know, fidgets are cold, but stoves are hot. That's hot. You know, a a couple of words just, for me, a couple of words just don't go together. It's Paris Hilton and class. It's Paris Hilton and chastity. And it's Paris Hilton and cooking. But thank you very much, Netflix, for uh, paying this trash bag to make a, a show about cooking when she can't even spell the word flour. I can't fucking wait to not watch this show, and I'm hoping you guys don't either, because if it gets fucking renewed for season two, then we are are in dire need of some new fucking movies and TV shows to watch. So that's my social media dilemma, um, and it's kind of my cross to bear, so to speak. So until I make any sort of changes, um, you know, it's got to be magic time. Where I tell you guys how you can find me and follow me on the platforms that I just totally trashed. Because I'm definitely a shrewd businessman and a social media icon apparently. So here we go. On Instagram, find me at host.enviro.pod. That is where I get the most traction as far as people talking about the show and, and voting on polls and such. Um, if you want to find me on Facebook, there's really no point because nothing happens there and it's a horrible place. You can find me at Jake Howell. Uh, TikTok, I still make a lot of goofy videos. You can find me at The Hostile Environment Pod. I still haven't had my face on TikTok and I'm, I'm really trying not to. But unfortunately, I might have to break my word. I don't know. I need to I need to fucking push. I don't know. Um, on Twitter, where I still uh, am holding steady at like 235 followers, I think, which is... Absolutely nothing Um, in, in the grand scheme of things, 235 followers. Might as well be six, but it is what it is. I am at podcast underscore hostile. I do tweet quite a bit. I do respond, and I have had quite a bit of professional podcasters shout me out, especially last week I had two professional podcasters listen to my show and shout me out, and that is on my Twitter timeline, so if you want to check that out, it is there. If you want to email me with the suggestions that I mentioned at the very beginning of the show for my 50th episode, or you just want to say hi, or you want to ask me advice so I can uh, add another advice uh, question to the show, or if you want to ask just a general question, Um, If you want to know anything about my life, if you just want to talk because you're lonely, or if you want me to be like your suicide hotline, or you'd like to send me dick pics, all of these things can be done at j.hostile.environment at gmail.com. And don't forget to not buy me a coffee on Patreon. You can find me at the Hostile Environment Podcast, and you guys know where to find me because you're listening. But if you want to spread the word, Apple, Spotify, Google... Amazon, and now I am on Stitcher. So those are the social media plugs out of the way. And before I get into anything else, uh, I'm going to have to do the ads from the companies that ki- were kind enough to hire me, right? I mean, they take priority, they were nice enough to uh, pay me to promote their products. Uh, so here we go. These are going to be some quick really plugs for today. So let me get the first one out of the way. The first one today is from Shadowed Stars Books. Um, Shadowed Stars is an epic science fiction book series with a mature flavor. It is written by Stephen Coutts and offered through Page Publishing. There are eight books planned with more unnumbered ones to follow. There are glossary entries and short stories free to read and posted around the 20th of each month on ShadowedStarsBooks.com. It is written in a dark form to give the reader the feel of being in unexplored space. The odd number books follow one line of characters and the even numbers follow another line. And there are crossovers and cameos between them. Book 1, Shadowed Stars, The Reign of the Black Guard and Book 2 are available now. With Shadowed Stars, The Children of Home, which is book three, coming very soon. They are available in paperback and ebook, which is very convenient. Ebooks are fantastic, I really enjoy those. And can be ordered through any bookstore or online at Amazon. Search under Books or under My Author, Stephen Kautz, which is K O U T Z. They can also be found at Barnes & Noble, Google Play, and of course, iTunes. There you go. So it's once again, it's Shadowed Stars Books, Shadowed with an E-D, starsbooks.com. There you go, guys. So that is the first ad read for the day, and the second is coming up right now this podcast is brought to you by military true crime addict a podcast focusing on true life events of military personnel veterans and those associated with the military give a voice to the victims and hear their side of the story raise awareness of the heinous crimes and support those most impacted military true crime addict is available wherever you get your podcasts and you don't need to know anything about the military to listen now back to the show all right, and there we go. So, um remember, I will send you out a an official Hostile Environment bumper sticker. If you can show me on social media that you've either bought a book from Mr. Stephen Coutts or you downloaded an episode of the Military True Crime Podcast. If you really think about it, guys, it is a win-win uh, because you only not only get to read a great sci-fi book and then continue on with the series if you feel so inclined, but you also get to listen to an informative podcast about military people who have turned into serial killers or murderers. They've gone off the rails. I mean, that shit is pretty crazy. Um, You know, and, and, you know, it's like watching a show on A&E except on your ears. And A&E does a lot of this stuff, right? So, like, you know, you get a sweet sticker for me from doing it. You know, why not give it a shot? Oh, and when, when, speaking of uh, uh, a win-win scenario, I actually had one the other day at the local Home Depot. Um, you see, your boy Jay, um, I, I ingested, or, or um, you know, I, I put something in my in my body that was either food or beverage. I don't know, uh, but what I do know is that it really did not agree with mis- with me and you know my old my stomach so um you know my stomach was doing some bubbling but I was doing some yard work and I went to mow my lawn and um, next thing I know uh, I, I needed something uh, a, a pin and something else for my lawnmower so I had to bounce I had to go over to Home Depot uh, the problem was with the bubbling in my stomach that I was having I also had noticed while I was mowing the lawn that it came with a severe amount of gas that basically had an odor that was just Let's go with wretched or foul. One of those two words or both. I don't know. Um, so I I had to run over Home Depot to finish my yard. Um, so there I am. Um, I'm in line. Uh, of course, because of COVID, because even though it's been a year and a half, we still can't have more than one cashier on duty because of COVID. Fucking makes no sense to me. So... There's a huge lineup for the, the self-scanning gimmick machines, which I don't want to use because I don't want to people out of work. Or you can wait for the one uh, cashier that's on duty, and because you're at Home Depot, most people are buying $100 worth of shit. So there I am. I'm in line. I'm holding my stuff, and I couldn't hold it, man. I, I, I knew it was going to happen, and I had to pass gas. Uh, thankfully, it was silent, but I didn't know that it was going to be silent when I needed to do it. So while I was expelling it, I made sure to like crumple the package of the shit that I was holding to try and cover the the noise in case anything, you know, did happen, right? Not to mention the fact that um, I had to keep the safety on because of all the bubbling in my stomach. I wasn't quite sure that everything was going to go as planned if I did pass gas. So I had to be careful. Uh, And anyway, not even five seconds after I had... uh, released this uh, uh, gas into the into the atmosphere um, behind me about two people back uh, in a very loud and very precise voice I heard this woman go oh my god what is that smell that's just disgusting who did that and I was immediately nervous and I didn't know what to do so I figured I'd play it cool and I joined in uh, instead of just sitting there silently I joined in and said, you know, um, I I think my my exact words were, uh, Jesus, man, it smells like somebody just shit on the floor here. What is that? And the lady agreed with me, right? She's like, right, right? So there I was. I thought I was free, and, you know, I was free of the blame. I was free of the the, the gas passing. Um, I was free of this vile act, basically. But then this dude in front of me, uh, he knew better, and um, he, he was—he started to mumble, and he started to mumble under his breath, just loud enough for me to hear the words, "Yeah, somebody, maybe somebody like you." So I couldn't help when I heard it, and I immediately broke into laughter. And at that point, the jig was up. Everyone in the line clearly knew something had died inside my ass, and I was totally to the guilty party that let this just awful thing into the air. Uh, So the rest of the time, we're waiting in line at the Home Depot. It was a very silent lineup after that. Um, But when I say it was a win-win situation, or scenario, whatever you want to call it, it's because not only did I get what I needed to fix my lawnmower, but I also learned that the power of exhaling horrible vile gas can easily defeat all COVID masks out there. And I also got to have a great laugh. So how is that not a win-win for Jay? But then I come home, and I'm laughing at myself all the way home on my drive, which is only like four minutes, but I'm laughing on the way home, and then I I rush into the house like a little kid, and uh, I tell my wife what just happened, and at the point where I think she's supposed to smile and laugh, she stares at me with disgust and calls me an idiot. Uh, So I think it's funny. She thinks I'm disgusting. So who really knows who's right in this situation, right? Um... I don't know. That's it. That's my little thing. I don't know. You guys tell me if I'm right or wrong. I thought it was funny. Anyways, um, let me tell you guys a little bit about my vacation and some things I came across during my time there. Some things that I picked up on. Uh, so like I told you guys, we went white rotter rafting. Um, it was a town called Forester Falls. Um, it was basically just an over uh, a four-hour drive from Pickering And it's almost in Quebec and it's about an hour and a half away from Parliament Hill in Ottawa because on the way home we were going to try and stop in and and take a picture in front of Parliament Hill because I've actually never seen it, Uh, nor have my kids, but um, it was an hour and a half away so that just wasn't going to happen. So it was through a company called Wilderness Tours, Um, so you can Google them if you're interested in doing this and man, I highly recommend it. I cannot say uh, enough good things about this experience Everyone who works there is super nice and polite. All of the employees appear as though they are like genuinely enjoying working there. It's not a chore for them to work there. they're enjoying it. there's a ton of shit for you guys to do. Uh, we got there at five o'clock pm. on Sunday afternoon. We found our cabin, we unpacked our shit. Um, we didn't pay for the dinner that night on the Sunday. So we had to grab horrible Subway on the way up, which was a huge mistake because when we pulled in, uh, the smell of of dinner was incredible. I knew something good was cooking. And sure enough, I walk up there and they're serving uh, ribs. I love ribs and my youngest is a rib fanatic. And they did look fantastic. So it was kind of torture to eat this horrible garbage sub. Yeah, so... um, after anyway, after, after unpacking and eating our trash subs, uh, we went exploring because we wanted to see what the hell was going on. Because so, there was quite a bit to see. I mean, it wasn't huge or anything, but we wanted to know what the hell was going on. So we went over to. We saw there was a volleyball, a beach volleyball court. They had a a, uh, a mini floor hockey ring. Um, they rink. Um, they had a giant chessboard on the ground with like these. Um, they were homemade, like three foot homemade chess pieces, which was really fucking cool. Um, then they had of course, they had a bar, uh, they had a free pool table, they had a huge projector screen. they had live entertainment on the patio, and they had a few- a huge fire pit for about ten people to sit around and enjoy uh the fire on the deck with some daddy sodas, which was fantastic. I did that on the last night we were there um so when I get there and I see you know all these people they're laughing and they're drinking and they're having a good time. I knew that I am a somewhat weak man when it comes to this stuff because I love to party. I still do at 42. I'm all about it. And I had to. I just had to take myself out of the situation. I had to leave because our um, morning whitewater rafting adventure, uh, we were supposed to be on the river by like 8.30 in the morning. But we had to get up at 7 to get, eat breakfast and then um, get, go to the, the briefing where they tell you not to bring your cell phones because there are fucking idiots who bring their cell phones on these trips. I mean, whitewater rafting and cell phone. Like, are there two more opposite words? Anyways, uh, um, I I didn't want to be hungover, and I didn't want to be tired. I didn't think it was a good idea. Um, It was actually a rule, not placed by me, but I'm not going to tell you who placed the rule on me, but someone did. So, um, you know, we weren't allowed to have any daddy sodas on the night we got there. So I, I reluctantly dragged myself away, and we went back to our cabin, and we all watched a movie... On one of those little portable DVD player gimmicks, because you know I'm not watching a movie on a phone with four people; it's just uncomfortable. So I wrote my DVD player, which I still have from like 2002. But we all decided we needed a good night's sleep, so we all passed out around 10:30, um, and that was the right decision. Because uh, most definitely, it was the right decision. Because after paddling for, I think it was after the after it was done, they told us we paddled for about 10 kilometers. And going through some pretty intense, and I mean angry rapids. One of these rapids was angry as shit. I could not even imagine if I was doing that. And I felt like dog shit. Because this shit's no joke, man. Like Your life is legitimately at stake. And if you get pulled into the rapids after you get thrown off the boat... Um, you you can make a bad decision and it could end up very poorly for you. So when when they're instructing you on what to do for every rapid, he would pull us over and tell you what we're about to experience, which way to swim uh, and what to do in case of emergency. You got to listen to this shit. And if you're hung over or you're tired or whatever, and you miss something, fuck man, that could be bad news. So, but, but thankfully everything went well. Uh, Mother nature was, was crazy. Nice to us. It was a fantastic day. Like you couldn't have got a better day to do this shit than we had, so that was extremely helpful. Our uh, our instructor—it's just one guy at the back of the boat. He was super professional. He'd be there. He'd been there for um, I think it was eight years. He said he'd been there for doing this shit. Um, he was super professional. He was super nice. He was kind of funny, but not overly funny because, it, like I said, this is a pretty serious thing you're doing. Uh, what's funny is um, he does all this during the, the summer and the spring. And then when it gets to the fall in the winter, when he gets laid off, he saves every penny that he makes because he's living on this residence, uh, whatever you want to call it. And um, he takes all his money and he goes to Mexico, Ecuador, um, and all this, all these really cool countries. And he goes rock climbing and he does river rafting on his spare time. And you know he's one of those parkour and all this shit. Like the guy is like just super everything. So. I actually wanted to have a few beers with him and just pick his brain about some of the stories, but uh, of, of whitewater rafting. Unfortunately, I never got a chance to do that. But so, like I said, the, for us, uh, we, we had a great time. It was easy for us. We, we had a fantastic time. The next day, though, it was the exact opposite. Um, uh, so that was the uh, that was the Monday that we went out. So on the Tuesday, the weather was awful. It was literally like crazy heavy rain that lasted for six hours. Uh, it started around, I want to say it started around uh, 5 in the morning, and it didn't end until, at least it didn't let up until around 10, but it still kept raining till about noon. But while they were out there, it was just pounding them with rain. And uh, the same boat that we were on the day before went out again, obviously in the morning, because one of the questions I asked was, you know, does weather have a huge uh, impact on whether you guys go out or not? And he said, nope, unless it's thunder, we go out rain or shine, which blew my mind. But sure enough, man, like I said, the rain was pounding and these guys went out and, you know, the same style boat or raft that we did. Um, and it flipped over and with 12 people in it and plus the instructor. So that's 13. So the whole boat went upside down. And the safety boat, which has a motor and waits at the bottom of the rapids, had to come into the rapids and and round all, all these people up. So basically save at least 12 people because I think the instructor is, is pretty, you know, pretty used to this shit. Um, and, and apparently it was the most, uh, the, well, obviously it was the most, um, it was the biggest rapid that was in the, in, in the, uh, on the trip, which we did obviously. And it was bigger and angrier than the day before because of the weather, because of the rain and the shit, I guess it was just all in like a storm, right? So at the end of uh, Tuesday when, um, everything was done, I actually had a beer with the one lady who was on the trip where the, the boat flipped. And she actually by, she happened to be on our trip as well. So she was with us on the Monday, her and her husband, they were staying for an extra couple of days and they decided to do it again on the Tuesday and they went out again and this shit happened, right? So we're at the bar and I saw her and we were talking and she said, I seriously thought I was going to die. She said, um, the, the rapids kept uh, dragging me under and every time I floated to the top, I kept getting sucked back down and I kept taking in water and I thought I was going to die. Um, she said the rapids were so powerful that it ripped one of her shoes off. So she actually lost a shoe in the Ottawa river. And you could tell, uh, at the bar, she was still visibly shaken. And this was like, I want to say eight hours after her boat got flipped. So she was, she was in a a state, right? I mean, I I know you pay to be scared. Uh, it's the, but it's nature and it's unpredictable. And I knew I was ready for anything, uh, I watched YouTube videos uh, and I talked to some people who had been before. So my wife was ready for everything. My kids were ready for anything. And we went into the heart of this monster rapid that they call Coliseum. That's the name of the big rapid that flipped them and, and hit us extra hard too. Um, while we were doing it, I actually looked back at my little one and she was white as a ghost. And she was terrified, but she was having fun at the same time. So it was kind of a weird face. And I'm praying they got a shot of her face on the pictures that we bought. So you had to buy them online. They didn't come up for three or four days after. And when they actually did come up, they're kind of um, blurry so that you don't steal them directly off their site and then just post them to your Facebook page. So we actually didn't get a chance to see how our facial expressions were. So you just buy the entire package for like 35 bucks. I think it's like 16 pictures or something like that. So we will wait for those to come in, but I promise I will post it when it comes in. So I told you guys that I learned something from all of this and you might ask what I learned. Well, for one thing, I learned that some people are way too comfortable walking around in full body wetsuits and clearly have no pride or too much pride in whatever case you want to put it in their appearances. Um, You know, when when you're overweight and your bodysuit isn't exactly flattering for your physique and I fall into that category, um, you know, how about throwing on a T-shirt? and maybe a pair of shorts, especially while you're strutting around the resort. Because if you're severely overweight, and you're ugly and grotesque, and you're rocking the bodysuit proudly while you're walking around, and I'm just there to eat my lunch, that shit ain't right. It's fucking gross. It takes me back to when I took my wife to the New Kids on the Block concert about 10 years ago. They were doing a, a reunion tour, and my wife had told me she always wanted to see them when she was a kid, but they never got the chance. So when I saw they were coming for the first time in like 20 years, I surprised her with tickets and we went together. Well, fuck me if every fat chick in the entire stadium didn't butter, their, butter themselves up um, into their you know kids' t-shirts that they had when, in the 80s when they were kids, basically. It, it was horrifying because you could literally hear these women gasping for breath because their shirt was so fucking tight. But they held their breath long enough, I guess, to, you know, force it onto their heads. And, um, well, there you go, right? It's kind of like a rite of passage to all the other hippos who are in the arena. Like, see, I was a fan in 1986, and I kept this shirt for 35 years, and it still fits today. You know, same shit with the bodysuits at the resort. It's the same shit. Um, maybe these people didn't realize that this form-fitting wetsuit shows... Every single roll you have and every single fold of fat that you have, and you know, it makes you look like that poor killer whale who's dying at Marineland. I mean, personally, I, I didn't want to rock the wetsuit, I saw it as an option, it was suggested to me. It's not because I knew I would have looked awful or I had any sort of you know body shame or anything like that, it's because I'm fucking cheap and I didn't want to pay it the 30, it was 32 bucks to rent the suit for four hours. And the other thing that stood out to me, which, uh, and I have to claim total ignorance on this, is, uh, so I got to the resort, uh, sorry, before I got to the resort, actually, um, uh, I I mentioned to one of my buddies, who's Greek, that I was going whitewater rafting. And uh, he said something along the lines of, well, that's probably the whitest thing you can do nowadays. And I didn't understand why, right? Okay, so, you know, it just stuck in my head. And then we're on the trip, and um, I got a, an Instagram notification, and I opened up, and it's one of my brown buddies, my Indian buddy, who was taking pictures of him and his wife and his new his new son in Ottawa. So I shot him a message. And I said, oh, I said, hey dude, like you know that's crazy that we're both up here together at the same time. And he responded. He's like, hey man, yeah, why are you up here? And I told him, well, we were, me and my, uh, my me and my girls are uh, whitewater rafting. And he wrote back, oh. How very white of you! And then I began to take notice, and I noticed that there was only one Asian family, and one Indian family, um, in the entire complex. And I'm talking like maybe between 120 and 150 people. So between the campsite and the rafters, and so you know, there's a campsite where you can just camp and put your tents and shit like that, and not even go white rafting. You're just staying on the premises. So between the campsite, the rafters, the employees, and anyone else, um, there were only about nine people who weren't white. So I guess I'm really out of the uh, loop as far as shit like this. I just kind of assume that regardless of color, uh, everyone enjoys possibly drowning in the Ottawa River after getting violently tossed off a raft. But apparently it's only a white person thing, so fuck who knew, right? Well, actually everyone knew except me apparently. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking for, oh, my God, 59 minutes, uh, and that's going to signal the end of the show. But before I go, before I sign off with those three magic words, which is now my catchphrase, I want to give you a Florida Man headline. It's just a headline. It's got no backstory. I just don't think it needs a backstory. Here it is. Florida Man Bites Off His Brother's Penis After He Walks In On His Brother Having Sex With His Cousin On His Favorite Dragon Ball Z Blanket. Yes, that is it. Not only is this a legitimate headline that I found, but the picture of the dude who bit off his brother's penis is incredible. And I will be posting that picture on social media. So I hope you follow me and I hope you can see what this lovely individual looks like. So until Monday, kiddies, have a great weekend. Don't forget, the liquor store closes at 6 p.m. on Sundays. So grab everything you need for the entire weekend, either today or tomorrow, so you don't run out. And until Monday, I am your party host. But unfortunately, today's party is coming to an end. So, bye for now.